Hey friends, welcome to Ill Natured. I am Michelle. And I'm Alyssa. you guys have joined us today or tonight or this evening wherever you're at not, well day. not this evening because they're not gonna hear this well the evening your evening of whatever day yeah. you be listening on that's right whether it be midnight or the next day <laughs> this is a nighttime recording we want to preface the episode <laughs> by saying this is a nighttime recording warning all right warning <laughs> So today we have two little tiny episodes. Alyssa has one, um, but we're going to do it all in one. So just a little tiny one. Alyssa and has a story. Did just like, I mean, they're, I was going to say we, we did half of, half of uh, researching, but it's not necessarily true. We right. researched a whole case. The case just didn't have as much information Oops. or, um, you know, details yeah. that all of our full cases do. That's right. What we're going to try to do is we'll start doing these every so often. And we talked about picking Georgia cases. And we both just happened to pick Georgia cases today. Yes, great minds think alike. Okay. Um, so now we think we'll just devote every few episodes. We'll do one like this where we both tell about cases from Georgia. Solved or unsolved. Alyssa's is unsolved. Mine is solved. So, so let's get after it. My mini case today is the disappearance of Shaikimia Shirez Pate. Her friends and family called her Shy Shy or Shy. Um, so I'll just vary back and forth That's between right. those. Um, Shy was an eight-year-old little girl who had went missing on September 4th of 1998 in Unadilla, Georgia. She was at a friend's house a couple of doors down and was waiting on her older sister to pick her up for a football game they were going to. And this was the first game of the season. And, you know, high school football is like a big deal in the South. Oh, yeah. So a lot of the townspeople were going and everybody was excited and all that good stuff. Nope. Um, but she had been seen by plenty of people throughout the day. And on the street and stuff, but then just disappeared into thin air. And there has not been any great leads and no ending. We still have no idea where Shasha is at or what happened to her. Um, but I'm hoping to bring some new tips and spread the word like a wildflower yeah. about her disappearance. Because even though how much the family tries, Shasha's case is not widely known. Because right. um, I had never heard of it until I went to the GBI's and missing she's persons. Eight. Yeah, we need to find whoever did something to this baby. And so. It just hadn't even made it out of the state border. So, like, if you're some of our out-of-state listeners, like, spread the word. Let's get some attention um, for this little girl. And let's hope we can, you know, bring a resolution to right. what happened. Um, I listened to the podcast, The Fall Line, and they did, like, a four-part series of it. And mm. so, I got a lot of my information from them. But I'll tell you the rest of my sources at the end, of course. Also, in the beginning of the investigation, her mother made it a point to say that Shy Shy was intelligent and would never go off with a stranger. But I just wanted to point out that also in this case, this community, this neighborhood that she lived in, everybody was like kind of tight and considered everyone family. So. Mm-hmm. They don't think this was a stranger abduction. Yep. They don't necessarily think it was her immediate family, but they think it was somebody that was in the neighborhood that she knew and trusted. Mm-hmm. So, before I necessarily start on the details of the case, I want to tell everybody, um, especially our out-of-state listeners, where Unadilla is okay, at. Okay, good. I want to know because I don't know exactly where it is. And some other like interesting things that I 
think of when I think of like what's going on in this situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, Unadilla is actually right on I seventy five, which you know where that's at. Oh yeah, and um. But if you don't, it's like this huge freaking interstate in the middle of Georgia. That's right. <laughs> it pretty much goes all the way through. From Florida to Atlanta to Tennessee. Like, it's just yeah. like a straight shot through yeah. the whole entire state. Um, and Unadilla sits south of Macon and Warner Robins, which are pretty big cities yep. in middle Georgia. Uh, when I first heard about Unadilla being right on I-75, I yep. instantly think of um, it bringing more drug trafficking to the area yes, and more and, sex and trafficking, more, too. And more creeps yeah. that are traveling in their cars and stop at these little towns off the interstate. So, yeah. even though sex trafficking has never really been mentioned with this case, that's what I've kind of first thought of and that's just a personal like opinion but when I think of I-75 and thinking this guy could have gotten Shasha in a car and gotten right off an interstate and whatever you know went wherever he that's wanted to. Right. Well the airport in Atlanta is a big hub for sex trafficking. I can't yeah. remember the statistics but a lot of it goes on. So I just wanted to kind of point that out mm. where we were where we were at. <clears throat> But let's talk about Shy Shy first. Um, Shy Shy was born on October 29th, 1989. She went missing just shy of her ninth birthday. I think her, um, they went. she went missing in September and she went was born in October. So just shy of her ninth birthday. Like I said earlier, she had been playing outside in her neighborhood when she had went missing. All the kids in the neighborhood played outside. All the neighborhood people would, like, sit on their porch and, like, just kind of yeah, watch. Like, it was, like, a collective it. thing. Right. They just all watched the kids play and just, um, you know, kept an eye on them. Yeah. Uh, the neighborhood was on Crumpler Avenue in Unadilla. Yeah. What a great name. For an avenue. <laughs> <laughs> For an avenue. <laughs> this city, though, had a very high percentage of poverty, and most of the lower-income families actually lived on or near Crumpler Avenue. It tickles me. Despite all of their financial issues, they still considered the area safe and the neighborhood safe. And tight-knit. Yeah. Sure that looked out for everybody else's That's kids. exactly it. it yep. I literally put this was just a very close-knit community. Yep. They never thought something like this would ever happen in their neighborhood. They always, you know. Right. Everybody was always watching out for everybody else's kids and everybody else right. in the neighborhood. They were just all close, like I said, like a family. Yep. This was in the 90s. Right. Shy Shy was in the third grade before she disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, she enjoyed school and she was very smart. She was always a happy child despite suffering a few medical conditions. She and this is at the time of her disappearance. She had um, suffered from severe asthma that required at-home breathing treatments. Mm. One of her kidneys were actually underdeveloped, underdeveloped from birth, and she also had a weak bladder. So a week prior to her disappearance, she had an asthma attack and had to be hospitalized in, in you know, 1998. Oh because of the bladder issues she had, she had to wear pull-ups, which were designed for potty training. Yeah. Otherwise, she would have had to use the toilet, like, every 10 to 15 minutes. Golly, that's crazy. She was also um, fatigued a lot, and she had to wear a leg brace due to a displaced kneecap. Mm. Um, So, she was also on various medications, but none of this stopped her from having a good childhood and being happy. She had um, been to Michigan to visit family members and had been to Disney and she loved going to different family members' houses like yeah. aunts and cousins and she just had a you know good time. Like she never let any of this stop her. She loved school, she loved going to church, she was just a normal kid. That's awesome. So that brings us to the day of her disappearance on September September fourth. This case I really do think that there was some some sort of stigma I guess I don't know I don't know I just don't feel like her case got as much attention and I feel like it is because she was an African-American girl who lived um in a lower poverty part of the city and uh 
So I just kind of want to put that out there that like that's maybe it didn't maybe it didn't receive the same amount of of tension that it should have. Right. This is a baby. It should have been everywhere. We should know about all the yeah, child disappearances. Exactly. Um, so the family called police to report Sean missing and her mother said she remembered having to call them repeatedly and having to have friends call because no one would come out to the scene. That, that just, uh, oh, it gets worse. Just wait. It just gets a whole lot worse with this officer. Like I fired, he would have been fired. Um, the officer finally came out after about two or three hours. Um, and when he got there, he went to speak with Veronica, but he did not take the report and told them they had to wait 24 hours, which is incorrect. An eight-year-old said they had to wait 24 hours. Or incorrect. Kidding. Yeah. Oh, and then after leaving the residence, the officer then proceeded to call Child Protective Services. What a boob. Are you kidding me? Yeah. While her eight-year-old child with medical conditions is missing, you're not going to take a report. She can't file her eight-year-old missing, so there's not a formal investigation, and you decide to call defects on her? I'm sorry. Do what? Yeah. That is outrageous. And another thing that I would like to point out, in this time, this was the Unadilla Police Department that did this, so this Mm -hmm. is City Police. Um, They did not communicate with the Sheriff's Office like they should, and so when the Sheriff's Office finally gets note of it, they finally do something. Right. Um, But this police department would actually be shut down in 2008. Well, thank God for that. Yeah. The neighbors took matters into their own hands because the police would not do anything at the moment. So they searched while they waited for, I guess, 24 hours to go up. Um, each, t- like, her mother, Veronica, called neighbors, and each neighbor, like, would come over and they all went to other neighbors' houses, they were basically going door-to-door, knocking yeah. on the door. And every time someone opened the door, they expected to see Shy sitting on the couch on a friend's at a friend's house, but they never saw her. Yeah. Um, Regina, Shy's aunt, said it wasn't, com- it wasn't uncommon for kids to be in one of the neighbors' hu- houses. Um, that, like, kids were all over the place. It was just not common for right. like a pile of neighborhood kids to be at, you know, one person's house hanging out. Yeah. Um, Regina was quoted saying that quote, it is so unbelievable that someone just came in and snatched her from us and nobody knows anything. Mm. End quote. Her other aunt, Rotonda, felt the same way about it, saying that it was just unbelievable that no one saw a thing. Mm. Especially since Shai's house was so close to a club. And people were outside literally all the time. Like, you could not go on or near Crumpler Avenue and not have, like, a just a street full of people. Yeah. And this was a Friday night. Yeah, yeah. So, people were really hanging out. Oh, yeah. And so, the morning of September 5th, which is the Saturday after Mm -hmm. Shy Shy had went missing. Yep. Randy Lamberth arrived at work at the Dooley County Sheriff's Office and was stunned, like, taken aback to hear about someone telling him that a missing little girl was, like, he, somebody had asked, like, hey, did y'all ever find that little missing girl? And uh, Randy Lamberth was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He had, like, no idea. He thought, like, for sure that someone would have notified him if something had gone down, especially a missing child had gone down, like, overnight. But, um, the Unadilla Police Department did not call the Sheriff's Department like they were supposed to, and he didn't know until that morning. Yeah. So, when he found out about it, he immediately called the GBI and FBI with help. So, at least these bigger agencies with better resources could come in and help from the beginning. Yep. Um, and Randy Lamberth said that they had done air searches and ground searches and used track dogs and cadaver dogs. But since the neighbors had done their own search in the 
the time before yep. it ruined possible evidence. Dang, that sucks. If they would have just helped from the start, well, it could have been prevented. And that's what uh, I'm saying. Like, making the family wait to file a police report made the investigators lose precious time 14 hours of time and whoever had her get that gave her the time them the time to, to get right on i-75 and head wherever they exactly. want to in the country they gone 14 hours gone they could have been like new york it takes like 16 i think yeah 14 to 16 halfway like to freaking mexico that sucks i hope these guys i hope that stuck with them and they still lose sleep over not doing something to yeah. save that baby's life. I think they had said something like about the officer was like a young, inexperienced officer. Oh, so he was no, an idiot. There's still obviously. no excuse. This was a life. They oh, literally mistold the family that he. they had to wait 24, 24 hours to report an eight-year-old missing. Can you imagine? Ah. There's not a minimum requirement of time for missing children. Children. That's why we have the Amber Alert. And I'm sure countless other... that's horrible so this guy was new on the job and what screwed up she paid for her paid for it with her life like that's crazy it sucks and the thing is is like the first she might not be dead she was taken well i think there's a high percentage of children that go like when they go missing they are usually like if they're dead within 48 hours isn't it well 48 hours is the most, like, crucial time period, but there's a lot of cases that the child has been killed within the first three hours. Dang. So, 14 hours uh, took a... Uh, they only had 10 yeah, hours. 10 hours right? left of the 24 hours. And so, anyways. Sad. I'm going to give you a rough timeline <laughs> of Shy Shy's last movements, though. Um, so, her aunt said she had seen her sometime before nightfall, probably about 6 or... 6.30 or something. Saying that Shasha had told her that she was going to head back home to wait for her sister to get go to the game. Her aunt said that she had watched her as she walked away. And this was the last known family interaction that Shasha had. Next was a friend and a neighbor who, saw she, who said she saw Shasha. And she asked for a ride to the game, but the friend was tired, saying that she had just got back from work, and if she was going to leave the house again that night, she would take Shy Shy. But just saying, like, right now, like, I'm tired, um, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to really get out again, but if I happen to leave the house or something, That's I'll right. take you to the game. That's right. And she said that she had watched Shy Shy walk towards her own home. Then there was a couple of neighbors that said they saw her with friends and some other neighbors that said that she was alone in her house and on the corner of uh, one of the streets. And then the Atkinson family said they saw her near the club, which was Roxy's, and called her over to their house. Mm. She talked to them a bit and was spotted by another neighbor driving by. And... That neighbor said that she was alone, but didn't appear to be in any distress, and the man told her to go home as he was driving towards the club. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this was to be to this was between like six thirty and seven, I believe. Yeah. The last people that saw Shy Shy was a couple named Keith and Sharon, and in the early investigation, like the family was doing. This sighting wasn't even known, um, but she had actually been to their house before she went missing, and they had, like, fed her, like, hot dogs or something. Oh. Apparently, Sharon says that it was a celebration for her daughter, and Sha was um, just with a couple of other little girls in the neighborhood, and they showed up. But saying after they ate and hung out for a while that Shasha left and said that she was going home to wait for her sister again. Yep. Um, hmm. Of course, they initially started investigating the immediate family to rule them out. Yep. Uh, and the only person of her immediate family that wasn't spoken to was her father, but that's because he was in prison at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they got clearance from neighbors to check their homes inside and out. Within a five to six block radius from the Pate home. And this is when they found the Keith and Sharon story. Yep. 
Um, this was the home that Shasha was last seen playing at, and this was the house that was across the street from the club. Mm-hmm. There was a ton of other drug activity going on, and this caused the street to have more traffic on it. And um, luckily, this club is now closed because it kind of seemed like a dangerous part to be where children were Our playing living. at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. Lamberth was quoted saying during their investigation that, quote, we had the drug dealers actually coming to us and saying, hey, you know y'all interfering with our business. If we knew anything, we would tell you, end Mm. quote. A few weeks later, Shasha was still missing, and the investigators started to think the worst, that she was not going to come back home alive. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently there was an FBI profile of <coughs> done of um, who they believed t- had taken Shy Shy, but profiling was not the public norm yep. or considered an accurate form of uh, investigating, I guess. Yeah. So there was no media attention of what the person looked like or who could have taken her. Um, and to this day, the profile has still never been released. Hmm. And as time went on, the media moved to other things, and Shasha's disappearance just kind of went into the shadows. Hang on. What does it take to do a profile? Huh? Like, what do they use to do a profile? If they don't know, have any idea what happened to her, they used her age, race, the they, area. Like, how do they... Yeah, they, just, so they do the scene, and they, um, like, do the victim. So, like... For this case, some of, like, the basic things to know, they take into consideration. Like, Shasha was um, a little African-American little girl. Mm-hmm. Most children that are abducted or most victims are victims of somebody from the same race. So, it is believed uh, to have been another African-American person who okay. had taken Shasha. And since men make up a lot of the... Uh, just men in general are so the it ones. could have been a loose profile. That's yeah. what I'm oh, thinking. Yeah. Without an actual crime scene, without something actually like, so yeah, okay. Yeah, it probably wasn't like a super detailed one, right? Because there wasn't necessarily like a. But at least that point. was something. That was yeah. better than nothing for sure. I just of wondered course, if maybe they knew something we don't know. I don't know. I mean, of course, it could have been a white female or something, but just from like statistics. That's Right. They are thinking it could have been a African American man mm-hmm. and one that she had known in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. the only time that her case had been um nationwide <clears throat> news was um she aired like on like for like ten or fifteen seconds, like her name and her like missing poster had aired on the end of America's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of um like, a couple of minutes at the end of each show, they did a bunch of, like, missing, they would flash, like, missing children's yeah, posters on it. And she happened to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the months following her disappearance changed the community, and kids were not allowed to go anywhere, and parents held them more tight and, po- and like, fear of possibility what would happen. Yeah. But this fear was only for the county of Dooley until August of the next year in 1999. Mm-hmm. When there was another little girl in Twiggs County, which was about an hour away, um, that had went missing. Oh, gosh. Same race, same kind of area. So, I will say there are a few differences, but I just want to kind of briefly mention yeah, her case I because you. I just do. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, this little girl's name was Teresa Dean, and she was 11 years old. She was actually, I do believe, Caucasian. She was not an African-American. Gotcha. But she did live on or below the poverty line. She had been playing outside all day long and was last seen on the corner of a road around 7 to 8 p.m. and was never seen again. Mm. After Teresa's disappearance, it sparked up Shasha's case again. Both cases did have some similarities, like I said, including that both of the victims were young girls who had gone missing near their homes at around dusk and lived on or under the poverty line. But there is some differences, like I said, their race. And at the time of Teresa's disappearance, her mother would be living with a fiancé. And this fiancé actually was charged with seven counts of child molestation made from different accusations what? of neighboring girls. So, what? 
when the police were doing an initial search and interviewing like neighbors, seven girls out of the neighborhood accused this man of molesting them. So, and what sucks is this guy only served four out of his 10 years. Excuse me? Yeah, first of all, he only got 10 years, but he only served four out of it. And he he needs to be in prison forever. So, knock him in the head. Um, Teresa's mother, though, says that she was with the guy, I think his name is Cody, that she was with him the entire time, the whole night of Teresa's disappearance, and there was no evidence linking him to her disappearance. Besides the fact that he's a child molester. Yeah, so, it's, I, I think it's a possibility that he had something to do with it. Agreed. Um, but there is also a possibility that, I mean... It's a very, There's very slim. Well, right. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a very slim possibility, but it's, but it's, still, it's a possibility yeah, that for sure something could be going on because I do believe there were also two more kids near this time in Alabama that had went missing, and then mm-hmm. another little boy in like Cordell. So there was a lot of going on yeah. in the couple of years like that were after Shasha's disappearance. So that's just something to mention and note that goes along with the case. Yeah. But, like I said, in 2001, Randy Lamberth told the Macon Telegraph that they did not believe it was a stranger who had taken Shasha. They thought it was somebody that she had known. Throughout the years after her disappearance, though, Veronica had asked police to not let her know of every small lead that they kept getting because she didn't want her hopes to continue to rise just to be crashed later on knowing that the lead was false or just didn't get anywhere with it. Yeah. But in 2012, Randy Lamberth, Sheriff Craig Peavy, and a GBI agent named Ben Collins went to Michigan where Rotonda was living and had called her to the police station. Mm. They had gotten a tip back in Unadilla from a local about a photo that was posted on Rotonda's social media account. Um, I didn't get too much clarity on what this photo was exactly, but it seemed to be a photo of someone that the local believed to be Shy Shy in Michigan. I think Rotonda had posted like a family or friend picture or something hanging out, and the local believed it was Shy Shy. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be insane? Well. It wouldn't be great, but I mean, if she were alive, that would be amazing. Well, the investigators in eventually did rule out that person because it was a rel- it was a relative, so the girl looked like Shy Shy, but it was not her. Um, I just got false hope and then got that crushing. Yeah, feeling. and so <laughs> that happened the whole time though, and so that's why her mm. mother was like, "Please I don't, don't let me know it. everything." I get that. Yeah, uh, Rotonda actually moved back to Georgia in 2013, and she organized a walk. I think it's a yearly walk for Shy Shy. And she wants to get more attention for it. Yeah. Um, she wants to continue to do it and grow across the country, not just for Shy Shy, but other missing children too. But sadly, the media just hasn't, you know, gotten there yet. And the walk is not yep. super known. And I think Rotonda said that her and her husband actually lose money each year putting it on than they do like yeah people showing up and stuff so that's just something i want to put out there especially if you're in or around unadilla like check out this walk i don't know much about it but i'm sure you can find it on google yeah uh as a society i feel like that we don't push every case into the public eye equally Mm -hmm. um i mean shy's name should be just as much you know, hold is just as much weight as like Polly Class or like Adam Walsh. Like and she should we be. We should know her face. We should know her face. We should know her name. We should know what happened to her, and we yep. should be on the lookout. And that's right. I mean, how are we going to know? I mean, I'm going to look up her picture now, and yeah. hopefully, all of you will. So you'll know what she looks like. You never anything could happen. You could run into and there's age progression photos. Right. We'll, put, we'll yeah. post them. You know, so for sure. So you won't have to look far. Just go to all our platforms. Yeah, and that's that's exactly why I wanted to bring you this case today. Um, Shikemia's case is still unsolved. There's no more leads. We have no more answers for the Pate family. This eight-year-old little girl disappeared in thin air. Shashai was eight years old at the time of her disappearance. She was four foot and four inches tall and weighed 59 pounds. 
She was an African-American female with black hair and brown, out, brown eyes, and Shaquemia wore braided extensions in her hair at the time of the disappearance, and her hair was twirled in the front with 12, 10 to 12 gold beads in the sections. She had a scar along her waistline from prior kidney surgery, and her ears were pierced. Shy was last seen wearing a neon green button-down Atlanta Braves jersey with red lettering, Levi jeans, white K-Swiss sneakers, and a leg brace on, on Crumpler Avenue in Unadilla, Georgia on the night of September 4th, 1998. If you know anything at all, anything, anything contact the Dooley County Sheriff's Office at 229-645-0920. The GBI at 478-987-6606 or 478-987-4545. The GBI tip line at 1-800-597-TIPS. That is 1-800-597-8477 or the local authorities. The agency case number is 9809808. There is a $15,000 reward being offered by the FBI, GBI, and the governor's office for information leading to Shikemia's safe return. If you were on or near Crumpler Avenue the night of her disappearance, just call them and give them every detail of that night that you can remember. Any people that were around, even if you think it's insignificant, or even if you've already talked to the police, call them again and That's tell right. them. Like, sure. this might spark up some new lead. We might can pinpoint literally, like, where Shashai was. Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier in the case, like, there was always people outside. Like, somebody had to have seen something and... You can call anonymously. Like, you don't even, like, even if you're in fear, like, call somebody. Let's get this family some answers and bring Shy Shy home to our family where um, she deserves to be. She's been missing for the last 23 years, and we just want some answers. So, just get this out here. Share and share, 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 share. Um, we, want, we just want to get this case solved for this family. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, my sources for this episode, like I said, were the podcast, The Fall Line, The Charlie Project website, WGXA News, and an article on ourblackgirls.com. So, that is the case of Shikemia well, Shirez I'm Pate. so glad that I now know about this. Because I'm going to follow it. I'm going to go look at her picture. And hopefully, something will happen. Yeah. I hope so. Yes, somebody's innocent baby. That's right. And she deserves. Mm -hmm. So sad. All right. Well, our segue into the second half of our episode. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we are starting. Our oh, that's right. We're in the same episode. Yeah, well, we are halfway done. Yeah. And we are about to get into the, the, uh, disappearance of christy cornwell all right okay rock on with it all right so Alyssa, please don't let me forget to tell my sources at the end I got you, boo. okay so i first heard about christy cornwell in her disappearance on an episode of disappeared on the id channel the episode title was danger at dusk i wrote danger at dust but I think it's danger dusk. at dusk. <laughs> oh, goodness sakes. So, the episode aired November 15th, 2010. 2010 was the year that I was obsessed with Disappeared. Like, I was on the edge of my seat every week. And she was your number one fan, Disappeared. Yes, I was. And I would still watch it, but it's not included on Netflix or any of my apps. So, anyways. But if you want to go check out the episode... um. Season it's season two episode seven danger at dusk. Not All right, so Christy Lee Cornwell was thirty eight years old when she vanished near her home in Union County, Georgia. Um, that's up in North Georgia, like the center of Georgia and straight at the top. Anyway, so Christy lived with her fifteen year old son and her parents on Jones Creek Road in Union County. Um, 
And it was her routine to take evening walks on Jones Creek Road near her home. Um, it was while on one of these walks that she disappeared. Um, the evening of August 11th, she set out for her walk and was talking to her boyfriend on the phone, which I remember in the disappeared episode, she usually had always had her phone when she walked. And what year was this? 2009, same year that Brittany Drexel okay. disappeared. Um, this was in August. But she took evening. She waited till dusk, until late evening. So because the sun it's like wasn't, burning alive in Georgia. Like that's we're right. in hell over here. In August, especially, it's so humid. So anyway, she'd wait for the sun to go down and take her walks. Um, and on August 11th, she set out for a walk. She was talking to her boyfriend on the phone around 9 p.m., telling him that she thought a vehicle was following her. And, and so, he's on the phone with her as she's walking. Yes. Around. His vehicle's yes. like creeping. Yep. And that's on the disappeared episode. It was like she called him because she thought somebody was following her. You oh know, can you imagine? That's why I don't go on walks by myself. Because my even though he's on the phone, that doesn't mean he can get there. Well, enough. that's it. And if somebody comes up behind you and hits you with something on the back of the head, like as they're driving, I can just see that. Like, mm -mm, friends, fresh air is for dead folks. And. I like to go outside, but stay in your yard, you know, where you know it's safe. Mm -hmm. Don't walk down the road. Anyway, so she was on the phone with him, told him that she thought somebody was following her. And the next thing he heard was what he thought was a struggle. Oh, and, God bless. And Christy yelling, don't take me before the phone cut off. Also, I just want to know how these phone calls get cut. Well, see, that's what, that's funny you should say. I was just thinking about that in my head because a little later they find her cell phone on down the road. So, like, did, did the person grab her and in the throw car. her in the car? Like, how did that happen? Was she holding the cell phone? Those little details we'll never know from these cases. Wow. But I would think the perpetrator would grab, would hit end on the, especially the way phones are now. Yeah. And that was 2011. Well, we, we had smartphones. 2009. Excuse me, 2000, August 11th. Well, and it might have been, could it have been like a flip phone or something? Well, that's like what if I was you do thinking. a flip phone and you close the flip phone, then it, like the if call she, dies. I guess it could have been. Yeah, I guess so. Cause it's like he came up behind her and grabbed her and she's like, don't take me. And she dropped her phone and it hit the ground. Then it could have caught like closed. closed. Yeah, okay. That makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I mean, that's I, what I'm thinking about an iPhone. Yeah, me now, too. Me too. How would you, and I don't think so. I got an iPhone when I was a sophomore in college, I think. Maybe. I don't know what there. I was probably a junior. I was probably a junior. 2010, I probably got a smartphone. Or 11. I digress. Anyways, so the phone cut off. Um, Obviously, Christy did not return home that night and was never seen or heard from again. And it was one of those things where, I mean, she really just vanished. Can you imagine leaving to go on a walk and then just never coming home? Like, that feeling? That's just insane. Yeah. Or, like, just you being at a house and just somebody leaving your house just thinking they'll be gone, like, a few minutes and then right. never showing back up. Like that, that would wow. be the worst feeling. She's got her son back at the house, her parents. Yeah. Anyways. <clears throat> Police were able to identify an area on the road um, where she was walking that showed signs of a struggle and a couple of possible vehicle descriptions. These were vehicles have, that had been seen in the area throughout the evening. Um, one of the descriptions said it could have been a Toyota or Nissan white SUV. And then one was a silver or gold compact vehicle is what it said. I'm not real sure what that is. Maybe a tiny, like a smaller car. Right. I don't know. You know, two different descriptions. So remember that. Way completely different cars. Right. Right. Three days later on August 14th, her cell phone was found three miles north of where she was last seen. So they had her cell phone. And, and it was where like. The, and that's probably where she went missing at. Like, yep. And they found the stuff like going headed north down going down the road mm -hmm. they found and it was kind of scattered so some stuff was thrown out here her sunglasses were in one spot her phone was in another he was throwing um, stuff out the window as right she, as they were going yep. exactly and you wonder if he knocked her out or if she was conscious this whole time like these kind of things just 
Anyway. All right, so rewind. Days before Christy went missing, a woman was attacked by a man driving a Nissan Xterra, um, which was one of the vehicles. Yeah, that's a Nissan uh, SUV. Yep. Police believe that the two crimes could be connected. Um, and that was days before. On Jan- in January of 2010, the Union County Sheriff's Office received an anonymous letter from a woman saying that she thought a suspect sketch from a similar crime that happened in December of 2009 looked like her grandson. So this is an anonymous letter that was sent to the Union County, Georgia Police Department, and then a department in Tennessee, I think it was. And this town, I almost said Unadilla, because the last case, Union County is near the Tennessee, Georgia-Tennessee border. (laughs) So anyway, thought it looked like her grandson, and that her grandson drove a Nissan Xterra. So her grandson might be a creeper. Yeah. God bless. Yeah. Grandma didn't give her name, didn't give any other details. So she's just... Telling the police, but she's not leading them to anyone. So, oh, so they don't know who the son is. It, they, no, she didn't give us, what no. the hell? No identifying information. It's like, why send it? You know, I think it's my son. He, he, goodbye. Yeah, and just if you can. We do have an update on the letter, and they did finally release it later. So, is we'll read that and just wait till you. We're gonna get there. All right, so we had that little bombshell. Less than two months after the disappeared episode aired, Christie's brother found human remains around nine miles from where she disappeared, partially buried in a wooded area. On January 3rd, the remains were identified as Christie Cornwell's through dental records. Her cause of death could not be determined because her body had been badly burned. Oh, and how long ago after this was... She so, it happened August 2009, and he found the body January 3rd, 2010. Or the remains were identified January 3rd, 2010. Wow. Yeah, and so, I watched the And she was not far from her home. Mm-mm, not at all. I watched the disappeared episode, and it didn't have a conclusion then. And I didn't hear about the update. I had no idea that they had found her body. But the brother was doing his own search. Um, oh, so when you watched the disappeared episode, like they it didn't even know where solved. she was at. Uh-uh. No, um, the brother had searched, was searching the area little by little, going per square mile. Mm-hmm. And he finally um, found her. <laughs> yep. The primary suspect in her murder, so we do have a primary suspect, is James Scott Carringer. Um, just to give you a little backstory sort of, on him, or forward story. It's kind of a weird, the way it all happened. but Just a story. You're going to get it. Okay, it's a story. On April 4th, 2010, so this was a few months after Christie's body had been found, mm-hmm. um, James Carringer was named as a suspect in a failed kidnapping, thankfully, um, kidnapping attempt of a 10-year-old girl from an Easter egg hunt. In Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah. The church's security camera showed a Nissan Xterra on a vehicle that matched the one that he owned in the surveillance. So four days later, in Buckhead, Atlanta, police tracked Carringer down for suspicions that he was involved in the rape of a Kennesaw State University student. So this guy was on the hunt. He attempted to and he was all abduct over the a little place. girl. Yeah. I'm finally caught in Buckhead, but during this standoff with Atlanta police, Carringer shot and killed himself. God bless America. I knew that was coming. Yeah. I hate when they Sucks. Look. Coward. Yeah. That wasn't the word I was thinking okay. about. Okay. But... <laughs> I got some more too. Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, all right. So, just a few more. This kind of seals the deal that it was definitely him in Christie's case. Um, when she disappeared... August of 2009, he lived only a few miles from where she was last seen mm-hmm. and owned a silver Nissan Xterra. Records from his cell phone also show him in the woods where Christie's body was found on the night she went missing. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, why would his cell phone be that? That's just too... Unless you're smoking gun right there. That's it. 
He was um, in the freaking area that her body was in the night that she was. What were right. you doing there if you weren't burying a body? Exactly, and it wasn't a place people would have been. You wouldn't stop. Yeah, to it wasn't just like there. Park it wasn't or beside the road or get yeah, right. It was in the woods. Um, but all right, so here's something that's gonna make you doubt that. Oh gosh, I hate cases like that. I it's know. Like well, I just I knew. I was like, okay, it's solved. This creeper is off the streets. He dead. But let's get into it. So the letter from anonymous grandmother mm-hmm. was released. Um, to the public one year after Christy disappeared. So I missed the release of the letter. So she disappeared in August. Her brother found her body in January. This is August of 2010. August of 2009, she disappeared. I don't know when their letter was released. That's right. Precisely. Um, Alright, so the letter. And this is just a brief synopsis because this is a little tiny episode. Not a great big one. It's a great big one. (laughs) (laughs) So the letter said that Grandma's grandson had been visiting from Florida for 12 days beginning August 1st, 2009. And the night Christy vanished, she said that he had a, the letter said that he had a habit. While he was visiting her, he would usually come home from work. He helped her with stuff around the house, fix stuff. He would come in and then go out for the evening and usually get back around 11 or 12. That had been his habit, you know, right. for the first 10 days he was there. Um, or 11. But anyways, the night Christy vanished, he didn't return home until 7 a.m. Oh. And abruptly ended his visit. Oh, so he's being real sketch. He was being weird. said he had scratches all over his arms. All right, so... Grandma also noticed that there were very similar crimes and disappearances around the area where her grandson lived in Florida. Did we ever get this grandson Florida name? No. Grandma so, but wrote it's not, all this. You don't think it's the same guy? Oh, no. He didn't live in Florida. Boo Boo lived in North Georgia the oh, whole time. That's sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. So and I've never been able to track Grandma nope. now. Grandma, nope. Grandma. 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 You could... Please now, if he's out there killing women, you're a you're a woman. Okay. Please tell people your name. Tell us his name. You don't have to tell us your name. Just send his name on a slip of paper. Because if there's another creeper running around, we know James Carriger was a creeper. He deserved what he got. So, but, but, so we found her body, but we do not know precisely what happened to her or, or who killed her. Exactly. So it is kind of unsolved. Well, yeah. I guess if you take Grandma's letter seriously and into account, and it, like, you'll have to look up and read the whole letter. Like, it's got it broken down in bits and pieces, but pieces. <laughs> <laughs> got it broken down in bits and pieces. Bits and pieces. Pizzas. I've developed a little, a little lisp. <laughs> so, anyways, we think I thought it was solved. I was 100% sure James Carringer did it, but now I don't know. So, Grandma, please, listen. If you, if you can hear me, please, just give us his name. Grandma, if you're listening. Do it. All right, so that's it. Let me give you all my sources. Um, <clears throat> I got most of my info, well, between two different sites. Um, the Disappeared Blog, it's disappearedblog.com, um, and it just featured Christie's story. And then I also got a lot from gbi.georgia.gov on the title of the compilation. Summary of major developments in the Christy Cornwell missing person investigation. There was so much there. I didn't realize they put that much. I guess if it's public public about a case, mm-hmm. like you can go on the GBI's website and see everything they have on it that they've cool. released to the public. Yeah. I was excited to find it. Wow. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Grandma, please turn him in. It's not worth it. Okay, guys. So that was our case for today. We had two unsolved missing person. Well, she is not missing, but we do have two unsolved cases from Georgia. Uh, so as- they were good. That was very informative. But if you know anything about any of these cases, even if it's insignificant and you've already talked to police, do it again. Do it again. Let's like really bring these people home. Yes. So, as always, you can and you should follow us on Instagram 
at Ill Natured Pod. Join the Facebook group, Ill Natured Podcast. Tweet, Twitter it up, Ill Natured Pod. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and we have a TikTok now, guys. TikTok. We're gonna start putting some TikTok. video entertainment out for you all. Cause I feel like we're fun. We, we have fun. Or maybe we're not. Maybe we're lame. And maybe you're like, wow, we just listen to you because you're a bunch of freaking weirdos. But it's fine. It's okay. And you don't have to watch your TikTok videos. Just swipe up. Just swipe up. <laughs> but we would like for you to. She just discovered TikTok and like and how I'm much enjoyed she enjoy enjoyment she gets out of it. Well, anyways, our TikTok is um, Ill Spill Nature, it, girl. Spill Ill it. Nature Pod. Okay. What about our email? Did we already see our email? We have not. It is illnaturedpod at yahoo.com. Very nice. So, have you gotten any emails? No. Y'all Dang suck. It. Guys, pretty please. Okay, suggestions. I feel like we have listeners, but we don't have enough interaction, and we just want to interact with you guys. So, we don't have to do it face-to-face. Like, we're not asking you. Like, you yeah, know. we're not trying to go grab coffee or anything. Because we don't have time to grab coffee. Well... And, oh, well, I do now. I'm a lady of leisure. I'm a philanthropist. That's my official job title. I want my <laughs> job title to be podcaster, so let's make those dreams come true, boo. <laughs> well, anyways, as much fun as this <laughs> was, oh, we will catch y'all on the flip side of next week. So, <laughs> Like us, subscribe to us, rate us, and review us, and Please. don't leave us. Don't leave us. And, you know, some weeks we're winning, some weeks we're not. But you, you got to take us on our good and bad days. That's right, because we're just humans. And all you got to do is hit pause and just hit our crack, crack a laugh with us. So, crack a laugh! Like, you're not going to a soda. I just peered somebody. And laughs coming out when they open the soda. <laughs> you can always tell night episodes. I can. They're the good <laughs> I feel like we're so loud, too. Are we? Yeah. Obviously, obviously not. <laughs> we can't. We can't talk as the as the as the clock ticks. It gets worse. Well, and this is how I feel like when I'm talking to somebody at work. Like, like customers and stuff. Like, I literally can't speak English. And then I feel so dumb. And I'm like, I get embarrassed because, like, I'm not speaking English. Like, I mess my words up all the time. I'm like, Alyssa, you're 22 years old. This is your only language. Like, how are you messing it up? It's fun to me. I enjoy it. It's refreshing in everyday life. So, people probably like it. They probably dig it. It always makes me giggle. And who doesn't like to laugh? And smile, crack, laugh, baby, and be happy, and spread the word like wildflower. We'll catch y'all next week because we, we, we could guys. ramble forever. So Gosh, we have been just going in a circle here. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys for listening, and as thank always, you. we love y'all. We love you, and we will catch you next week. That's right, Tuesday. Be baby. there or be square. Bye. Goodbye.